All right, guys, I want to bring a family talk to you tonight that I'm really excited about. Um, let me ask you the question, what, what keeps us from communing with God? What keeps us from communing with God? Well, a lot of things, right? There's, there's both good distractions and bad distractions. Uh, and at the end of the day, there's, there's pretty much always a reason for not getting to that time with the Lord or, or to that intercession prayer, right? Um, but sooner or later, we need to ask the question, like, what, what's it going to take for me to, to get this time consistently with God? What, what is it going to take? I was talking with David Smith this week during DNA, and he was recounting a conversation he had with Dale where they were asking similar questions, like, what is it, what is it actually going to take? What, what is the problem here? What is the root problem that keeps me from spending time with God? What is the root, root problem that keeps us from praying consistently? And really what, what he said is, there seems to be a problem with what I believe about prayer. It, there seems to be something wrong with, with my belief. Um, he gave this illustration. He said, if someone offered me a million dollars, if I prayed every single day and spent time with God every single day for the next five years, he's like, no brainer, I wouldn't miss a day. I wouldn't miss a day. And anybody that hears that, that's like, ugh, that's not good. <laughs> like, dang, but it's so, it feels so real, like, if somebody offers you something tangible that you love and they say, do this and you'll get it, we, most, we usually do it. Like it usually drives us to do it. So then there's something that we're not believing about what God says about himself, about who we are and our need to depend on God, right? There's something amiss in our belief about, about prayer and communion with God. So I wanna to talk to you for just a couple minutes about what God is doing amongst our elder team um, and that is God is really driving home a conviction in our hearts that we need to depend on God in prayer. Uh, a couple months ago, Benjamin Wilson brought to our attention as elders um, uh, in a coaching program called Strategic Renewal. And this, this was birthed out of a, uh, out of a conviction that, that he was really sinning against God by his prayerlessness. And, and so he brought it to our, our, our attention with, with this desire, hey, I, I really want to grow in prayer. I really want us to grow as a, in a, uh, as a church in our prayer life. So this is one way that we can, we can move in that direction. So strategic renewal exists to help pastors succeed. And this is quoted from the website, help pastors succeed God's way. They exist to help pastors succeed God's way. And here's what that means. Uh, a lot of times, the problem is just simply our priorities are off. But priorities, getting them, uh, in, like if we, if we have wrong priorities, it seriously can uh, wreck us. It can, it can destroy families. It can kill churches, actually. And, and this is what has happened over decades. There's been a, an emphasis, you know, people, pastor, pastors have flocked to the, the hottest conferences and read the, the best leadership books how do we grow our churches? And so like multi-million dollar uh, building projects, uh, better bands, you know, how do we get our preaching to be like just the right amount? They've, we've mastered like these 72 minute services and we've become professionals at everything we do. But people are beginning to see, <laughs> this is not gonna do it, this is not gonna cut it because God is not, like he, he's not dependent on these strategies. These, these, are, these are strategies that are man-made, right? God wants us to depend on him. 
So Daniel Henderson, the president of this, this uh, organization, he had been a part of all this strategies, running to every conference, reading every book, and he was a pastor of Grace Church Eden Prairie, was a part of it, and he said that it just, it came, he, he became aware of the ways that he was not depending on God and he had missed his priorities when trial, God brought a bunch of trials into his life and it drove him to his knees. And through these times of prayer, he realized, like, we, we have got to get our priorities straight. We've got to be depending on the Lord. So church, our power, it's not in, and I, and I know you guys, I think you guys believe this. We, we don't have like a pr- very flashy show here, but our, our power is not in our ability to speak really well, our ability to have the right bells and whistles. Our power is in the fact that we have a resurrected king who's seated at the right hand of God, who intercedes on our behalf daily. We tap into what he is doing for his church. He is building his church, and we've got to seek him. So we believe with Daniel Henderson that God is is calling the church. He's sifting the church. He's pruning the church to become a church focused on what he makes priority. So God does this because he loves his church. He loves us, and he is... He, he convicted Benjamin Wilson. He, he's been convicting me. I, I think he's been stirring a lot of us to pray and to dig in and to seek his face because he loves us and he doesn't want our ministries to fail. He doesn't want our, our faith to fail. Jesus came to the temple and he cleared it because the, the spiritual leaders had their priorities all out of whack. And remember those words that he said. He, he quoted from Isaiah 56. My, my house will be called a house of prayer for all nations but you've made it a den of robbers. You see, when we get our priorities off, the church is doomed. The temple was doomed because its priorities were off. We don't want, we don't want to be a prayerless church because it'll lead, to our, it'll lead to our demise. Church, it'll lead to our demise. So the Lord is calling us back to uh, the number one strategy of, of successful mission, and that is to, to depend on God in prayer. This is something we take seriously at this church. Uh, I, I just wanna point you to a quote from our website. The number one strategy on our page for how we are gonna fulfill our mission is fervent prayer. I, I don't know if, if you guys have read that for a while, but let me just read from the website. It says, throughout history, God has chosen to move through people who are utterly dependent on his spirit through prayer. If you look at Acts 1 and 2, you can see a few principles. The disciples waited and prayed for power from, from the spirit. They waited and prayed for power from the Spirit. After the Spirit moved, there was a huge move of conversions resulting in thousands of baptisms. This kind of fruit has been consistent through the ages. It has been a consistent ingredient in many of the revivals throughout history. And make no mistake, church, prayer is not manipulating God. Prayer, but, but uh, as if we can make God move when we pray. We can't. But when, we, but when people pray, it demonstrates and creates a dependence on God. When people pray, it demonstrates and creates a dependence on God, knowing that conversions are impossible apart from the Spirit of God, bringing the dead to life. This kind of dependency is the ripe soil for His Spirit to move. This kind of dependency is the ripe soil for His Spirit to move. We can have all the right words posted on our website, church, and if it doesn't have its root deep in our hearts, it's not gonna produce anything. That's why I'm, I'm speaking to you today. God is doing something 
in us as elders, he's, he's really trying to drive home a deeper belief in our dependence on prayer. And I believe that you believe these things. But here's the problem. We, we often uh, get distracted. We often get distracted. Um, if we believed that we had an inheritance waiting for us that is greater than anything <laughs> that this world had to offer, I promise you would give up that hobby or that meal or that whatever that thing is you love to spend some time with God. If we believed that this life and eternity gets happier and richer based on our faithfulness to God's word, then we would absolutely be running to God, setting our, our schedules aside to be with him. Now here's, I wanna speak to you why we're doing this as a staff. It, it absolutely is to try to create a prayer culture for us as a church, but, but we need it. Remember Acts, Acts 6, where the church was growing so fast that uh, the, the widows, the Greek widows were being neglected? Uh, John, sorry, Peter, James, and John, when, you know, the, the disciples, when they came together and heard about the problem, their, their solution wasn't, hey, let's make a committee and, and go take care of this ourselves. No, they delegated. And they said this, it would be wrong if we set aside the ministry of the word and prayer to wait on tables. So here, we're trying to take this really seriously. Like our job as elders is the ministry of the word and prayer. And we, we get so distracted by all the good things that, that we could be doing as a church. So we're, we're doing this coaching strategy. Benjamin and I have been walking through this, this process together and we've been sharing it with the, with the other pastors and, and talking about ways that we can incorporate things that we're learning. And our goal is to help develop a deeper belief in our dependence on prayer, a, a greater prayer culture within our church. I'm just gonna mention a couple things that we're, we're taking away from, from uh, these coaching sessions. Number one, a prayer culture is not a program. A prayer culture is not a program. We have no problem calling church, uh, prayer meetings. In fact, I wanna do that in just a minute. Um, but as your leaders, we are fighting against the easy rut of perfunctory prayer. Here's what I mean. We don't want our services to be like, kind of like a prayers to be like a zipper at the end of the, at the end of the service. We want it to be like the clothing. It's everything. It's like what we wear. We want prayer to be in and out all over these services. And we want that to be true in, in your lives as well, that it would, Thanksgiving and worship would, would come out of us. Um, number two, a prayer culture believes that prayer is vital to our ministry. Let me just say one word. We're talking about abortion. We just prayed for abortion. Church, our, our battle is not against flesh and blood here. There's gonna be no movement unless we are a praying church, unless the church gets together and prays and God works through our prayers. Our ministry is, is powerless without prayer. Number three, a prayer culture produces ministries birthed out of prayer. In other words, we don't wanna just make our plans and say, oh God, bless those things that we have ideas about. No, we want, we want to press into God. Lord, what do you have? What are you doing? What are you doing in our city? What are you doing in me? God births ideas from prayer, from the place of prayer. And then those ministries succeed through prayer as well. But starts with prayer, ends with prayer, all the way through prayer. And number four, a prayer culture looks like spontaneous prayer for others, for self, for future in the, in the moment of burden and blessing. We want our church to be spontaneously praying for each other, caring for each other. When there are joys and sorrows, we wanna pray. What does this mean for us moving forward? Well, here's what we're doing already, 
and you guys are awesome. We've had really sweet attendance in our pre-service prayers. We, we, if you didn't know it already, we meet at 4.30 to, to pray together for our service, and those, those times have been so sweet, and I would just encourage, encourage you, please come. We believe that God is gonna show up in greater ways because we spend time praying there. Uh, number two, we pray during our service. What we just did a minute ago, we are praying, we're seeking God to come in our, in our midst. We pray as, uh, that we would receive, that our hearts would be ready to receive the word. We pray uh, that as we reflect on what has been preached, we pray for one another in ministry time. We do prayer in this service, and we want, it, we want it to be rich, and we want everyone to be participating throughout. We pray, I hope you pray in your MCs. Our missional communities must be, our, our mission must be birthed out of prayer, and, and we need each other. I've, I've heard some really sweet testimonies uh, of ways that, that mission, God, God is using uh, missional communities to you know, pray for one another as others go out to share the gospel and pray together and then, then go out. You guys are doing some really sweet things in MCs. Our DNAs, we need each other, not just when we're sitting face to face with each other, but we need to be praying for each other. Uh, God, this, uh, guys, this is our duty. God has set us into this body. How are we doing in praying for one another? How are we doing in praying for one another? One final thing I wanna mention, um, we would love to call you to a, a prayer meeting on December 15th after the service. This, this first, first meal will be provided by us. We're gonna talk about ways to do this uh, best, but we wanna, we wanna have a meal after service, and then from 7.30 to 8.30, We'd like to spend an hour praying together. Um, we would really encourage you to come. I think we'll probably just start out doing a few of these, see how it goes, see ways that we can, we can grow. Um, but we would really invite you to come. We depend on God. And our showing of God that we depend on him and is going to him in prayer. So I just want to pray one more time as I invite Dale to come back up. God, we just invite you to work through our church, and we let you know now that we are helpless without you. So would you make us prepared to sing? Would you make us prepared to hear your, your gospel? Would you be present with us and, and work in us a deeper belief that we depend on you like this? We pray this in Jesus' name, amen.